From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. In episode seven, we explore a concept very close to my heart, nutrition as currency. I've been using this analogy with my patients for over a decade now. And in this episode, we're going to spend some time trying to introduce it to you. Nearly once a day, I hear a familiar request. I want to know if I'm getting what I need from my diet. I hear this request so often that I devoted a section of my website to it. After years of helping people break this question down relevant to their situation, I've created a framework that focuses more on a way of thinking over the long term than the more reductionist way of thinking that we can get bogged down with when focusing on micro and macronutrient intakes. Nutrition as currency happened quite by accident uh, by explaining the role that vitamins and minerals play within the nutritional biochemistry landscape in the body, I started using the term transactions. This methodology all started around 10 years ago now, and from there, I've been able to broaden how looking at your diet and nutrition as you would your finances can offer you the type of structure that actually transcends worrying about the day-to-day. This episode introduces the philosophy of nutrition as currency and hopefully it allows you to see one of my clinical pillars as well, nutrition as therapy, in a way that help you get what you need from your diet and eliminate the worry of whether you are doing the right thing for your health and the health of those that rely upon you. So look, let's look into it a little bit further. So financial debt and dietary deficiencies in the developed world look remarkably similar. So let's put this into perspective and compare some numbers. On March the 1st, 2021, the gross federal debt, so the debt held by the public and the government in the US, crossed over the $28 trillion line. Credit card debt in the UK reached around $72.7 billion in 2018, so that was pre-COVID. So who knows where it's at now. Point being is that the debt is high. Don't get me wrong, debt can be a necessary part of life in our modern day, but you don't have to go too far to find an economist who suggests that the global debt issue is a crisis that may only worsen. Moving on, let's look at some more numbers that could be considered a debt of a different kind. Estimates on the prevalence of fruit and vegetable consumption for 52 countries with varying socioeconomic settings concluded that 78% of men and women consumed less than the World Health Organization's recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. 
The situation in Hong Kong locally here is equally alarming. The results of surveys released in 2018 found that 94.4% of people above 15 years old had inadequate fruit and vegetable intake. Let me just re-say that or repeat that. Excuse me, re-say that. Let me repeat that. The situation in Hong Kong, the results of surveys released in 2018 found that 94.4% of people above 15 years old had an inadequate fruit and vegetable intake. That's pretty crazy. A population health survey from 2014-15 in Hong Kong reported that the estimated mean number of fruits and vegetables consumed daily was 1.1 servings and 1.4 servings daily, respectively. The dietary intakes of copper, magnesium, manganese, molybdenum, and phosphorus, so micronutrients of more than 20% of the adult population here in Hong Kong were inadequate compared to the respective recommended intakes. The study also concluded that the general adult population consume an, an, an inadequate intake of calcium, so that's 90% of the population was insufficient with calcium, iron, 80% of people surveyed with less iron than they need, Potassium, so a major part of the electrolyte chain, 60% of people with less than they need due to deficiency dietary intakes. So if we're going to look at nutrition as currency, that's akin to deciding that you just want to go about your day using $10 and $50 notes only. Sure, you've got some denominations, so some of the other minerals and some of the other vitamins, but maybe enough to get by even, but at some stage you might find yourself in an awkward spot. So can you start to see where I'm going with this? Most of the citizens in the developed world are not earning enough to pay their bills and are generally relying on debt to stay afloat, living paycheck to paycheck or both. The causes for this are widespread, obviously, and very real. A more substantial reality check, though, is consistently choosing short-term survival at the expense of critical long-term transactions and the implications of which... Most people are not starving, but they aren't getting anywhere near enough dietarily to pay all their metabolic and physiological bills for their body, and that's sometimes daily. This deficit in vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients, so if you're new to phytonutrients, they're non-nutritive ingredients that are beneficial to the body that you get from fruits and vegetables. This deficit in vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients highlight an analogous situation where we can't pay our credit card bills or our body's bills. Either way, you look at it, for the majority, it can be challenging to get ahead and reach a point where you're investing for your future financially. But when it comes to your diet and nutrition, you actually have a lot more power in your own hands. First, let's review some of the examples of how your body uses vitamins and minerals to build a deeper understanding. And let's try and reconnect that with how you could consider that a form of currency. So for some patients, this is actually the worth, worth the price of admission alone when we go through this in person, but I'm grateful to be sharing it here with you. Let's look at how your body creates energy, uh, brain chemicals and other essential compounds from your protein, carbohydrate and fat intake. So let's use carbohydrates as an easy example. So when you eat a form of carbohydrate, one of the first things that happen is its deconstruction by the digestion into glucose and other simple sugars. That glucose is a vital ingredient in the way the body creates energy, or ATP, and it does so by initiating something called the citric acid or Krebs cycle. There are multiple steps in changing the glucose molecule to ATP that the cell uses for energy within this cycle, but we're only going to talk about one of the first steps to illustrate that point. So for glucose to go one step further in turning into energy from 
itself as glucose, the body needs to pay for this transaction using vitamin B1, B2, B3, and B5, along with lipoic acids and antioxidant support. That's just for one step. So interestingly, the same combination of B vitamins uh, actually pays for the transaction that allows amino acids from your protein intake to enter the same energy production process. Now, imagine thousands of those types of transactions within your brain, organs, tissues, all requiring similar combinations of vitamins and minerals to have their transactions paid, or to even just get further down a process that has multiple steps. Some vital nutrients can be created within the body, granted, but overall, the body relies on supply to come from the diet, or if you have the luxury, supplementation. So what happens when the body can't pay its bills? Let's look at that after the break and we will be back with more. Woo, time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Free and Inspired Radio. You're listening to episode seven. Today, we're talking about something that's very close to my heart, nutrition as currency. And we're trying to create an analogy here to help you understand how your body uses your vitamins and minerals. So in the first part of the show, we went through some of the, I guess, some of the comparisons I've been making towards how vitamins and minerals kind of align with how we use money in the modern day and how your body uses some of these vitamins and minerals or micronutrients as a way to pay for transactions in the body. One of the things we left before the break was what happens when the body can't pay its bills. I'm hoping that this is starting to come together. Previously, we compared financial debt to a dietary deficiency in the sense that in both situations, we see them born out of there not being enough money to cover immediate expenses. I used to tell the story of being a natural medicine student here, working and studying full time and deciding which pays, which bills to pay first. I can tell you the choice was pretty simple, really. <laughs> it was largely down to which bill had been overdue the longest, who was going to turn me off, who was going to turn off my internet or who was going to lock my mobile phone. I had no sense of managing my financial budget in a way that would cover all the bills as they came in, let alone trying to save for a rainy day. I just wanted to avoid my internet getting turned off or trying to make a call and not being able to, which was uh, happened actually embarrassingly way too many times for me to uh, admit on this podcast to the public. So getting into the situation with your diet is actually quite easy as well. But the good news is, is that you can make some different choices today, tomorrow or the next day that will actually almost immediately affect getting your body's bills paid. So prioritizing the short-term over the long-term game can lead to undesirable consequences with both your money and your diet. So don't be me as a student. 
A study from Bankrate suggests that 39% of people don't save anything because their expenses don't allow it. So one of the reasons why I brought this particular statistic up is that this situation can explain what is happening to those high percentages of people who don't consume enough fruits and vegetables daily. Sure, their body can pay the expenses required to breathe and create energy to some extent, but what happens if the body needs extra resources in an unexpected situation such as an infection? We've all heard the statistics around situations with people face where they cannot pay for an unexpected bill if it were to come around. If this were to happen, how do these unexpected payments get covered? Well, typically, it's a situation of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Let's use zinc, for example. Zinc is often one of the main minerals, and think now denominations of currency perhaps, used in the fast-dividing cells of the body like skin, hair, and nails, and more importantly, has a vital role in the immune system. Imagine getting an infection that will require your immune system to work overtime, increasing the need for zinc to pay more transactions to proliferate your immune cells. If you were deficient, the body might have to take zinc from an alternative process or function it pays for and reallocate it to cover the immune system. Worse still, it simply may not actually be able to pay the extra transaction at all. It turns out this form of triage is how researchers are describing modern-day nutrition and its connection to how not paying your body's bills in the long term leads to disease and in the worst case, death. So look, can we use science to help validate this? And there are many uh, reasons why our current day whilst plagued with challenges, is considered a golden age of sorts. Sure, we're not perfect, but we're still grappling with the provision of fundamental human rights in regions of the world, but it's also fair to say that in the developed world, we're not starving. It's for this reason that our previous model or scientific model of diet and nutrition is needed to evolve. For most of us, you included, I would bet, deficiency-based diseases such as scurvy from vitamin C deficiency, beriberi from vitamin B1 deficiency, and rickets from vitamin D deficiency are all hopefully off the list of your health concerns. But this has largely informed the way we structure our diets and the intentions behind forming those structures. It's easier to see now how this can cause a motivation problem when getting enough fruit and vegetables and their micronutrients. If you have enough vitamin C in your diet not to get scurvy, where's there's a problem? Here's where the science comes in, and more importantly, the work of one of my favorite people on Earth, Professor Bruce Ames, and his theory of micronutrient triage. This theory refers to an aspect of natural selection that favors short-term survival at the expense of long-term health. So remember the example I mentioned where if the body can't pay its bills, its automatic decision is to pay for the transaction with with the most short-term survival in mind? Well, it sounds pretty similar from my point of view and makes sense to a large extent in the fact that nature is always predominantly concerned with its survival. So why would our bodies act differently? One of Professor Ames' original articles including introducing the theory suggests that micronutrient deficiencies that trigger his triage theory would accelerate cancer and other late-onset chronic diseases. The same illnesses exacerbated by aging, neural and mitochondrial decay. And if you're new to mitochondria, mitochondria are just the parts of your cells that help create energy. Micronutrient micronutrient triage is the evolution of how nutrition plays a role in our health, but it also puts the power in your hands. So as the research continues to reinforce Professor Ames's work, the implications for how we treat our diets is enormous. 
nearly every pathway for our metabolism requires some form of micronutrient currency to pay for it. Let me repeat that. Nearly every pathway for our metabolism requires some form of micronutrient currency to pay for it. Can you see now why I'm starting to bring nutrition and currency and finance together? You can't walk into a shop and not pay for something. So therefore, you are always going to require money or currency with which to simply exist in some way within our society. This micronutrient triage theory and its evolution deserves its own art, its own episode so you can dive deeper into exactly how these vitamin and mineral deficiencies can cause you problems. For now, I hope this basic introduction will um, give you enough to make your own assessment to actually just answer the question, is my diet enough? So easy one there. Is your diet enough? Are you eating five serves of fruits and vegetables a day? That was a very, very basic guideline from the World Health Organization. I can actually tell you I've had patients who weren't and have simply gone away with that as a prescription because they were interested primarily in their diet. So the first step for them was to go and start to consciously and intentionally eat five serves of fruits and vegetables as a minimum every day. And I can tell you that 100% of those people came back feeling better. It doesn't have to be sophisticated for your health. It doesn't have to be crazy and and innovative. All you might have to do is align with the World Health Organization in the sense that getting some base currency out of your diet is important. You wouldn't postpone going to the cash machine if you needed money, just like you wouldn't try and invest money you didn't have. Treating your diet and the nutrients that pay for your body's transactions like you do your finances might have short-term effects that transcend your expectations, just like some of those patients that I mentioned. Perhaps more importantly, in the long term, you'll keep some major diseases away to retire with way more money than you need. The best thing, as always, is that the power is in your hands to make the decisions to make a difference today. So look, before we finish up this episode, I'd like to remind you that if you want to connect with more podcast episodes, you can subscribe through Apple, Spotify, and YouTube to get the next episodes downloaded straight to where you love listening to your podcasts. New episodes are uploaded on how to go from bloated and tired to free and inspired on philipwatkins.health every week. That's our website, offering you some new insights on how you might be able to help yourself with your digestive or mental health problem. In the meantime, our gratitude for getting this far in the podcast is is definitely owed to you. And we'll see you next week for episode eight. Thanks for joining us. Oh my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you. And we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.